Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, you guys, welcome to the end of the regular season edition of the Temple of Hoop podcast, part one at least. Um, awards edition, yes, sir. Bro Kings is here, just me and him. What's going on, my guy? Good, man, just getting back from this conference, chilling, unwinding. Let's yeah. go get get into these, you know, selections, and uh, I'm sure we're gonna make some folks mad as always, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna get into our selections. I saw the picture. Is, is that the new style? You young cat tag with the with the tie only halfway down. I was like, that must be different. I'm a, I'm, uh, I'm from the old school. My tie goes down to the belt buckle. Nah, nah. nah. See, see, I, I want my ties as long. One of them when I tied it uh, better was shorter, so I just rocked it because it was shorter. Okay. I was like, it don't matter, okay. you know. But I'm, I'm I'm gonna make it longer though. The next one. I know. I'm out the loop fashion wise, so I had. That. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, man. You ready to just hop right into this and make the people mad, man? Let's go ahead and do it, man. Let's go. Let's start out with uh, rookie of the year. So I'll give uh, we'll give our top three finalists for each award, um, and then for the rookie, a defensive player of the year, and MVP. Um, along with those, we'll give our first team and second team after we do the awards. So rookie of the year, but my three finalists were Mobley, Cade, and uh, Scotty Barnes. That was my my three finalists for rookie of the year. Um, I have been a big K guy from jump. Uh, to me, he's still the best player for just body of work. I, I had to go Mobley. I just we have uh, it's, it's been a long time looking at the metrics and, and impact. We have not seen a rookie impact the game defensively at that level in in a long time. Absolutely so, not. So uh, that's kind of where it went for me. I, I do think K is, is the is the best player, and Jalen Green. Is going to be the second best player. I think those two are, are just have just have offensive gifts that the rest of the class uh, doesn't have. But the actual impact that Mobley had on the defensive side of the ball as a rookie, I just it was just too too big for me to deny. And then you can see how much they missed him in a little bit of time that he missed. They just kind of fell off a cliff with him, and along with Jared Allen, of course, just missed extended time. So those are my three finalists. I ended up going with Mobley for rookie of the year. Yeah, for rookie year for me, um, I'm actually gonna shock you because I know I'm a Mobley guy. I have Mobley as the best in the draft, but honestly, I think all things considered, uh, especially with how the Raptors finished, I I, I went with Scotty. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. He, he can get his own bucket. He can play. He can defend. Um, he can score in a variety of ways. Um, you know, working on working on proving just his overall game, and I like he's just been playing such a such a consistent play uh, pace all year been impacting winning on both ends of the floor. I just think with the way the Raptors finished and his the way how important he was in comparison to how you know Cleveland fell off, I, I had to lean to, with, with Scotty on, on on this one. Man, that's fine. Like it was all 
Like, this is not one of the things I'm going to push back on. Uh, I think we both discussed how generational this rookie class was. I can't remember a rookie class where all 10 top 10 picks, every last one of them showed inklings of being, you know, positive impact basketball players this early, mm-hmm. along with some later picks, such as, you know, Herb Jones is one of them. Uh, Duarte is one of them. It's a bunch of late, even the, the, the mid-lotto guys, even the second-round picks like uh, AO in Chicago. It's a bunch of guys in this draft who have shown they can be plus NBA players and, and a couple of superstars at the top, in my opinion, three if you want to add in Mobley. Um, so this this is a generational rookie class, in my opinion. So the, these wars definitely were, were tough. So um, no pushback on Scotty there. The Raptors are honestly – probably after the Lakers and the Pelicans, probably one of my favorite teams to watch just because of, you know, Nick Nurse is a math scientist. I love the positionless basketball. They got Siakam out there at center a lot of the time. They're switching everything, scrambling. I, I kind of love to watch that. It's like a college team in a way. So I'm not mad at that pick. Um, moving on to my first team, all-rookie. I ended up settling on Mobley. Scotty Barnes, K. Jalen, and the last spot was tough for me, but I ended up going uh, Josh Giddy for that last spot on, on, on my first team all-rookie. On my second team, I went Wagner, Herb Jones, off-night himself, Davion Mitchell, uh, Kuminga, and Bones Highland. I, I, it felt rough leaving A.O. off, but he just really hit a wall the last you know 25 or 30 games after a hot start. So I went with Bones over A.O., uh, narrowly for that last spot on my, on my second team all rookie. So go for it, bro. Yeah, for me, uh, my first uh, team all rookie, JG, you know, Jalen Green, Cade. I went Scotty, uh, Mobley, but I, I went, I went, I went with Wagner. I think uh, Wagner was playing at a pretty, again, pretty consistent level for most of the year in terms of um, just his impact, you know, helping space the floor with his size. You know, just just playing and just just being able to uh, just being able to be versatile at his has his size for the Orlando was may helped Orlando's offense. You know, have moments where it, it looked pretty productive or it has moments of flashes. When at right. least when I would watch when I would watch uh, Orlando, you know, I I, I like the archetype that uh, Wagner has and just you know the, his ability to uh, project. You know, as as a as like a, a real threat, on, on a, especially shooting wise. So. I went, I went with him, and then uh, second team for me, I went with uh, – let's see, I went with Herb Jones. Obviously, he's been a defensive nightmare for all the year. You, you could argue him to be an all-defensive team. Uh, I went with uh, I went with Giddy, obviously. His all-around game is crazy. Uh, Highland, he's been hot. Uh, I went with Kaminga. Obviously, Kaminga has just been a, a great player. And – uh, you know, this was tough for the last guard <laughs> spot. I went with Dorte. You know, I went with Dorte. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you know, just again, scoring chops is pretty good. Uh, and he, 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 was, he, was, he was somewhat productive for, for a rookie, so I, I went with him, at least scoring-wise. All right, so the only difference we have is you had Giddy on second team, Wagner on first team, and we have the same team, but instead of Davion Mitchell, you went with Duarte, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, we're not too off on that. I just I thought after they got after they traded Tyrese, after they traded Halle Burton, I thought Davion really blossomed. So that's kind of where I went with that. And then obviously the d- defense speaks for himself at the guard spot. Uh it's just pretty amazing. But right, right. Uh, Duarte was pretty good. I think I think Duarte 
and Herb Jones, they are going to make people think twice about pushing cats down a draft was just because they're 23 opposed to 19. Right, right. But those those guys, those guys came in and were effective players, you know, from the from the jump. So I think they, those two are going to shift how people look at, at the draft going forward because I think there's still something to be said about seniors having a little bit of just readiness from just from a body perspective, you know, they're grown yeah. men. So I think they might shift how that how that goes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on, coach of the year. Uh, my final three, uh, my three were Ty Lu, obviously body work, speaks for itself, best player, didn't suit up, kept him at or above 500 all year, even finished above, I believe, looking at it right now. Yep, 42 and 40, finished above without their best player. Stepping on the floor, Paul George missed about more than half the year or somewhere around there. Kept them above water in a, in a hellacious uh, Western Conference. Um, you know, I think they're going to be hell in that playing game with your boy, with your Minnesota boy. That's probably the playing game I'm most excited to watch. So we're we're going to break those down later on. So Ty Lewis, my, my third, my second was Spolstra. I think there's just something to be said. You don't have a guy that you would call a superstar and, and you finish number one in your conference, probably the tougher conference this year, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I think that's that says something about your, your system, what you put on the floor defensively. Didn't have a defense that good where you're playing Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson that many minutes. <laughs> I think that speaks to your <laughs> to your coaching chops. And then lastly, I had to go with Jenkins, man. You missed your best player that many games and actually played better without him. I think that speaks to, you know, uh, the system, uh, a culture that you've created over the course of some years. So I ended up going with with Taylor Jenkins as the coach of the year uh, for me. Yeah, that's that's exactly who my coach of the year was. Um, it's pretty clear what, what he got going over there. I mean, uh, it's, it's for them to be able to be successful with and without jaw, it's just, just a testament to what he's the culture and the, and just the, coaching that he's you know instilled over there with those guys in the locker room on the court with his adjustments making sure he he can get every type of player on his roster in the right spots for them to succeed it's not just focusing on one certain guy or you know a handful of guys it's like how can i get the best out of everybody real coach elite coaching job from him uh from start to finish my second pick would be obviously coach Bo to be number one in the tough east you know without that star i mean that's he, he's the he's a premier he's a premier uh all-time coach that's just what that's what he does at this point it's what kind of i think i think the fact that's expected from him kind of hinders right. yep, how people yep. actually like <laughs> look at what he actually does because i mean he makes he makes magic with a lot of, with a lot of guys who just clunky fits who you know it's like man how can this work and he just makes it work so man excellent job and then obviously the, third, the dhl wizard yeah the dhl <laughs> wizard and obviously the uh you know the driving kick, four out, you know, get my super max out my star uh, player stats. The guru himself, Ty Lue, you know, he's going <laughs> to make sure his best guys 
who have, who are successful with the ball in their hands, they thrive. Reggie Jackson thrive. Paul George thrive. Uh, you know, what I mean, even when Mark Morris gets his look, he's, he looks he's thriving. Like that's just what Ty Lue does. Didn't matter who was there; they were just competing every night. So uh, shout out to Ty Lue. That's my third, and that's yeah. So you know, Jenkins is for me the story of Memphis continues. Right. I mean, it's, it was, it's only fitting. I did research, man. I know the Lakers like to keep it in the house real quick. We're going to talk about those bums for 30 seconds. I'm just saying, man. Bud has a good coaching tree. He was with Bud for seven years, bro. <laughs> Followed him for a year to Milwaukee. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, Lakers. Darwin Ham, man. Ham is right there. You know, Lakers don't do, you know Lakers don't do their homework, bro. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Moving on. Let's go six, man. Honestly, this was probably the easiest one for me. Because when you do something historical, I just give it to that guy. For the first, fourth time in NBA history, a six-man averaged 20 points a game. Yeah, it's That easy. was Tyler Hero. I it's just, easy. You know, the guys I was looking at, you know, Clarkson, obviously, year to year, uh, his efficiency was down all around. Uh, honestly, you're going to laugh at this. I was looking at Kevin Love. To, 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 hey, no, nah, Kevin Love was balling, though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Kevin he was Love. Balling. And then uh, your boy Ubre had a really good bounce back year in in, in New Orleans and uh, Charlotte, excuse me. But I just think Hero, you have his twenty one off the bench, fourth time in NBA history it's ever been done. Uh, Lou did it twice. Um, forgot Jamal Crawford, I want to say. And then this is uh, Hero's the fourth time ever in, in NBA history. So I think he's pretty much the runaway a six man of the year. I'm sure it won't be it won't be unanimous because some writer is going to be biased to their own guy, but. It's pretty clear cut who the sixth man of the year is to me. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have no complaints for me. Um, Tyler Hero, he's been he's been shooting really well. He's expanded his game this year. Yeah, it's points. a five point five point jump in in scoring with the efficiency going up too. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing else that need to be said. I mean, this guy can create for himself. He can get get it off the uh, you know off the bounce, and he can score off the catch and shoots off other guys to help other guys. You know, be a uh, proficient with the ball in their hands. So he, you know, it's, it's pretty clear. Like it wasn't really a debate. Um, Kevin Love though is a nice story, especially considering uh, what he was looking like in years prior for, so for him to be productive this year like that, it's a nice little uh, story for him, but Tyler Hero just run away, run away six man of the year. Right. Um, all right. Yeah. We went through that pretty quickly. Uh, most improved player. Uh, this was a kind of a tough one for me. Yeah. It's always tough. It kind of ranges everywhere. Um, I ended up selling my, my third uh, was Miles Bridges. Just a huge uh, kind of kind of slacked off a little bit after a, a, a like a really a superstar start. Um, did finish at 20 and seven on, on 50, 33, 80 shooting splits. Um, he was up there. My second was um, honestly it was DeJounte Murray was my second. Just, you know, being that leadership uh, role. Almost nearly averaged a triple double. People are nearly averaged a triple double. 21, 9, and 8. Uh, that's pretty crazy to me. A very good efficiency and was an elite defender on top that's of That's what I was going to say. He was still <laughs> so, on elite defense, man. So he was number two. Um, number one, I just kind of went with with Darius Garland. And here, here's my here's my uh, explanation for that. So what the Cavaliers give up when they play that big lineup to maximize their defense is the spacing on offense is a wreck. And for Garland to navigate that and kind of be their engine on offense to make up for that and end up at 21 and 8 on, you know, 46, 38 shooting and 
turned his defense up a notch, even though he did have more good protection behind him, but it allowed him to become a more aggressive and better defender. So I ended up selling on Garland kind of because of the the situation that he's forced to carry a little bit more offensively because of the bad space they have to, but it's kind of a trade-off because their defense is elite when everybody's there. So I went with Garland. Um, any of those three, I'm not pushing back, but I'll see what you say. But those are the three I settled on, and I ended up going with Darius Garland as my MIP. Yeah, I'm not shocked right now. Jordan Poole, my third or most improved. Um, second, I got Miles Bridges. Obviously, he had a great year. I mean, even though he kind of tailed off the end, but he had a great jump. Yeah. But first, it's going to be shocking. I mean, I don't know if this is a um, a pick that most people – that's, that's going to be, you know, most people's go-to. But I think it makes sense for me. I got John Morant huh, as okay. the most improved player of the year. I mean, if you look at the jump he took um, – from the from a scoring standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint, and then from a leadership standpoint, obviously how the the, the jump that Memphis took, I, I think especially because he's not going to get you know MVP love, you know what I mean and stuff like that. I think it's it's you know just because of the jumps he took, I think it makes sense that he gets he gets an award for this year. But I don't think the voters will let him go this year without an award that he qualifies for. And I, I just think based off Memphis story, based off how he's improved. And how he's ascended, I, I just think it makes the most sense for him to get most improved player of the year. Right. I'm not mad at that. I think the closest that reminds me when uh, when T Mac made that big jump, and he was actually MVP candidate, but they gave him MIP. Exactly. <laughs> that, so like, yeah, it's kind of similar to that. Yeah, I'm not mad at, at the John Morant selection. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me from Jai is he actually tried on defense this year. Still wasn't great. Right, but he actually tried, which is kind of what you know. You kind of at least want to ask for from your star that they give an effort on that end. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be great, but if you try as the best player, I think it's a good omen, you know, for for your team as far as its aspirations of winning goes. So, I'm not mad at the at the at the John Morant pick. I could definitely see it happening, honestly. Um, so we'll see what happens with that one. Um, all right, let's get interesting. Defensive Player of the Year. I know which one I'm going with that one. All right. So my finalists, here's my top, here's my three. Um, I threw Marcus Smart there. I think best defense in the league. He takes uh takes on way bigger matchups for the sake of that team. Guards a lot of wings, touchdown guards. Had to give him his credit. Uh, my number two was Mikhail Bridges. Um, one of the best wing defenders that starts in the NBA. Um, kind of sets the tone for that team defensively, eliminates a lot of guys. And but number one, I, I had to go with the Frenchman, man. Just the impact. <laughs> the impact was just crazy. Um, even though the team kind of fell off, he, he we kind of saw this year that he is kind of the glue. Without him, it all falls apart. He's covering up for a lot of terrible defenders. So I ended up settling on Rudy Gobert as my defensive player of the year. We just gonna have to have he's just gonna have to have that crazy resume <laughs> as one of the premier defenders of this era, you know, behind behind Draymond, of course, you know. So that's what I sell it on. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I kind of I kind of went with um, those. I took I think I took an interesting interesting post. I think number three for me, I took JJJ. He was four for me, so I was not too – he was four for me. He was I took Jerry Jackson Jr. His versatility been crazy. Or his rim protection been crazy. Leading shot blocker in the NBA, right? Yep, yep. Inside, outside defense. I had to go with him, number three. Number two, 
the Frenchman, generational defender. <laughs> I think that's generational. I mean, if you want to say, oh, all he does is drop generational drop, uh, drop coverage defender, generational rim protector. I think that's undeniable. But number one, um, I think he finally, I think he, he was turning the tide with on the media. And I think he actually gets it. I got Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart has been flirting with that uh, defensive player of the year t- uh, award for a, f- a few years now. Either injury or, you know, a, a rough finishes for, uh, for Boston kind of affects his his standing. But I think with this year, with how they had that crazy hot uh, run, they're the best defense in the NBA, you know, straight clamps every night, um, takes on a lot of tough assignments, a glue guy, does all the little things on defense. Um, yeah, I think this is I think this is the year for Marcus Smart. We get a perimeter guy to finally win. I think they also get some Rudy fatigue. Yeah, uh, my, my guy had my guy had Gary Payton campaigning for him. That's big right there. Yeah, he I has a lot of a lot of media guys on him right now. Gary was the last guard to do it, right? Or was MJ after that? No, Gary was the last guard to do it, right? I think for the DPOI, yeah, yeah. it was Gary. I know yeah, Gary yeah, won the PG. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if any. I don't think any other guard won it since. Yeah, I think we see. I think we see Kawhi boards a three, but yeah. Yeah, and I should say wing. I think it's been all wings and centers. Yeah, right. So my first team on defense: uh, Rudy, Mikael, Triple J, uh, Marcus Smart, and Bam Adebayo was my first team on defense. Um, Bam may not make it because of the games played uh, minimum. I think he was flirting with that when I was doing my research. Second mm. team: uh, Giannis, Time Lord, Herb Jones. Uh, Matisse, Ty Bull, and DeJounte Murray was my second team. Uh, Matisse, man, when you shoot that poorly and still able to steal uh, 28 minutes a game on the NBA floor, hey, that means you're doing some generational <laughs> defending. Yeah. We're going to get into that more. Um, he officially, they ended up drawing Toronto. He cannot play in games three and four, which is going to suck for the Sixers, and we'll get more into that when we do our playoff preview episode later this week, but that's a big L for them if they end up losing one of those first two games. Um, but, yeah, uh, those are my two defensive teams. What you got? Yeah, my first team all defense, I got um, I got Smart, I got Bridges, I got Giannis, I got Triple J, and I got Gobert. Okay. And then for my second team, I got DeHante for sure. I got Thibault, I got Tatum, I got Time Lord, Rob Will, and then I got I to go with FVV. FVV, okay, man. Okay, he's, okay. He's, been, he's been he's been flirting with that defensive selection. It's tough nosed defender, smart defender. Uh, it's the reason why. Uh, it's the reason why. Um, what's the coach? What's coach name again? Uh, smart. I mean, uh, nurse. My fault. Nurse. Yeah, nurse. It's the reason why <laughs> nurse uh, trusts him at his size uh, on the floor so often. I mean, he's just he's just. The the story of Fred Van Fleet it makes sense why he's he's such a good defender. I mean this guy he's just tough. He's gonna grind on um, on both ends. He, he's not gonna he's not gonna doubt himself regardless of his size or regardless of who he's who's going up against. And he's just very smart as, as a defender. So that go with FEV. He's he's been he's been playing great defense for for recently too. Like he could have been he could have made it I think last year too. So um, yeah, I gotta go with FEV. Right. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, I got to ask a question because there were kind of English that this was going to be the first time two rookies made an all-defensive team. People in the media were campaigning for Herb Jones and Evan Mobley. How, how close did those two come on your list? Just curious. I mean, I, I had those two guys right there. Okay, okay. 
Okay. I had them. I had them right there with Bam. Them and, and them two. It was them two and uh, Bam that I had on, on next up. So they, right. they were close, man. They were close. All right, and the grand finale, last top, last awards topic. MVP. We'll do MVP first, and then we'll go give our all NBA teams. Sure, to set the timeline on fire. Uh, <laughs> um, so my final three. I, I think we we've brushed over this in several different episodes leading up to this. I, my, I think it was the big three. Um, Giannis and being a Joker for my final three. Uh, while we were talking through the episode, I was still in my head about who to get <laughs> to, to be honest with you. And I am going to settle on I'll give it to Joker because he stayed out of the play. And again, when it's that close between three guys, I tend to look at the variables. Uh, I think that, you know, Giannis is a far superior defender uh, of the three. You know, Jokic took a big step in that, in the positive, that direction. I still think Giannis is is the guy. Um, I think Embiid may have carried a lot of the, probably the, a lot of offensive weight dealing with what he was dealing with, missing Simmons until they made that that trade to get Harden. I just think Joker, you know, missing two max players. Uh just the first the guy to have that three was it two thousand, one thousand, one thousand season? First guy in NBA history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two thousand, one thousand, one thousand season, two thousand points, thousand rebounds, thousand assists. Again, when you do something historical like that. Uh, I kind of lead your way, and I think he's going to win back-to-back MVPs, and I'm not mad at it. Like I said, any of those three guys win it, you won't see any any pushback uh, from me. So that's where what I decided on Joker is the MVP, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for me, I went back and forth. <laughs> you know, I try to think of ways that, you know, Giannis would probably win it. And B, but when the records are that close, yes, <laughs> and the stats is the way it is, the, the metrics are the way it is for Joker. You just gotta be like, yeah, that's the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You just gotta be like, yeah, <laughs> and that's the MVP. And you know, and, and this is for me, as somebody who's made a case for other people, like I just can't take it from Joker, bro. I, I, I like, you know, he he never, he never fell off with this team. Forty nine wins, almost got fifty wins, like. You got to tip your hat, bro. That's what I mean. That's what it is at this point. You got to tip your hat. And I think we both talk about how scary that team could be if that Joker playing at this level, if they ever get those other two guys, you know, upright at the same time, man. So we'll see how they look next year. Now, time to piss the people off. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Go first, bro. I'll, <laughs> I'll go right after you. Here we go. All right. So I'm going to write you. I'm going to do my three. Uh, you'll do your three, and then we'll talk about where we differed and, and what was your what was the conversation, what was the thought in your head about you know that. So my first team All NBA, um, I went with the knowledge that they allowed it being a Joker to be forwards. So first team All NBA for me was Joker, Embiid, Giannis, Devin Booker, and Luca. Second team for me was Cat, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant. John Morant and Steph Curry. Third team, I went Rudy, Siakam, Jimmy Butler, Trey Young, 
and the point guard, Chris Paul, unfortunately. But, you know, I ended, he ended up playing 65 games. I thought he missed more time than that. And just his impact, I, you know, you look, we look at the metrics and the eye test, it's yeah. there, man. As much as we root on his downfall, I root on his downfall. <laughs> and, no, you uh, got you got to give it to him. I know the impact was there. So, Trey and Chris Paul, were, were, that was the toughest. But I thought second half of the season, man, Trey was kind of incredible. I think it went under the radar from where Atlanta had started. They were I, There was a question about whether they were going to make the, the play in. <clears throat> they went on that mad rush, and a lot of it was just him being just absolutely spectacular. So I, th- I think it was said that Trey Young led the league in total assists and total points, correct? That's what I'm saying, yeah, because he was – Because he, was he played the most game. games, yeah. So – yeah, man. So I settled on Trey and Chris Paul as the third team guards. Um, here's the thing: I, I was arguing about LeBron. Uh, he, he was probably my toughest omission. But I just, you know, if your team's not in the top ten, let alone eight, it's hard for me to to throw a guy in there. Even though I'll say he was more than worthy with the scoring and efficiency that he put out there. That's just the games missed, and then the overall. You know, it's an individual war, but I think team success is somewhat of a factor. But he's probably my last, the last omission, to be honest. So that's why I ended. Kings, take it away. You know what you just said? <laughs> what you just said right there at the end. <laughs> I, do, I, I do have to remove LeBron. I, I have LeBron <laughs> in my third team, but the guy I removed him for, like I, I can't do it based on how that team finished. Like, it's just it's disrespectful to team success for me to have LeBron there. Unfortunately, like I, I think I have to agree. Um, but I'll go ahead and say say it now. Um, my first team, all NBA. I mean, it's pretty the same with me. You got the three MVPs: Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, and then you have Luca and Book. Uh, Luca's monster statistical season again. Man, man. Uh, the minute he comes into season in shape, he'll probably win an MVP. <laughs> Se- second team on NBA, I got Ja Curry, and I got Tatum, I got Katie, and I got my boy Towns in the second team. Towns? Shout out Cat. Yep, sir. Shout out Cat. We have the exact same second team. And yep, shout out, shout out Cat. And then third, I got CP3, Young, DeRozan, Gobert. I had LeBron, but you're because I was conflicted with these two. Your 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 little speech. I have to remove LeBron for Adebayo. You have to reward winning, man. Okay, you just you have to reward winning. All right, so we have the same we have the same exact team. Uh, first two teams. Um, you have Bam instead of. Pascal, Pascal, yeah. and you have DeRozan instead of Jimmy. Yeah, I actually should have put DeRozan there instead of Jimmy too. But I'm, I'm yeah. gonna stand. I'm gonna stand on what I said. But I agree with you putting DeRozan over Jimmy. I just felt like with you, I felt like the first seed just had to have somebody. You, have to, you have to have somebody. Yeah. That's, that's that's why I had to take out because I was thinking. I was like, bro, I can't do that. Like you yeah, just so can't. You can't do that. Man. I feel like the first, the first, the first seed has to have a, a All NBA guy. That's kind of what my my thing was uh, LeBron was a last last omission for me. It was tough. Cat averaged thirty. It was just that team man just looked so inspired, like un- uninspired night to night. And then and then you <laughs> see how you see how they look when they play with the young kids. Yeah, so. I mean it's like come on, bro. Like we can't we can't 
Like I get, you know, you know me, I'm LeBron, the legacy, <laughs> chasing Kareem, all that, but you still have to respect the game, bro. Like they, that, that team was unwatchable. <laughs> all right, bro. Right, right. <laughs> all right, man. So we're looking forward to the feedback on that last four minutes. That should be fun. Um, all right, man. So we got our awards out the way. Uh, we have our MVP picks, all the teams. Let's break down these playing games. Um, let's just do it with order. The first one that's going to be played is the Cavaliers and Nets. That is Tuesday. Um, who do you like in that game to get the seventh seed? Let's just start with that. You know, the funny thing, I think that's the actual toss-up. I, I think a lot of people are leaning with the Nets. I think that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up. That's a toss-up game. Um, damn, that's a toss-up game. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know who. I honestly don't know who I'm gonna pick with this one. I think because the the Cavs are young, I think I'll take the Nets just off the experience factor. Yeah, I just think um, I have to see who suits up for Cleveland before. I that's, an, that's that's another thing too. Who, who's gonna be out there? Yeah, but I'm. Um... You know, I don't think Allen gonna be out there, right? No, I, I doubt it. Yeah, I, I'm going so. to uh, I'm going to pick Brooklyn just because of the 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 experience, and I don't think I think Katie has a monster game, and I think they just don't want to take a chance and play in, in a one off. They want to avoid the the winner go home um, situation. I think the experience carries them through. Um, if the Cavs suit everybody up, that changes things for me. But I just don't think Jared Allen's gonna play. Yeah, me neither. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to go with the with the Nets in that one. Um, the second part of that back to back is your boys, Timberwolves season. I got to respect you because I feel it's like not even, it's not even a question with me. You already know who I'm rocking <laughs> with. That's not. I got I, I got to give you your respect because uh, I was advocating for a game threshold. I do not think a team with that much of a gap between the next team should be playing in a playing game. But you was like, if they who if they are, my guys are who they think they are. They win we the game. So I respect that. Um, I'm going to go with your boys, man. I'm going to go with your boys. I think they're – they're uh, Clippers have much more experience. But yeah, I think absolutely. you guys are just a better basketball team. Yeah. You guys are a better basketball team. More talent. Um I think Cat needs to dominate Hardenstein and Zubak. To, to I think he will. Game. I think he, that's kind of where it needs to happen. Um, I'm expecting Ty Lue to be in his Ty Lue bag in a one game off, throwing the whole <laughs> survival at this point. So throwing the whole bag of tricks for the whole game. So I am uh, I'm looking forward. That's probably that's the game I'm most excited for uh, to watch the playing. And that's going to be probably the, the best game, in my opinion. That next day, uh, the first game is going to be Hornets and Hawks. Um, who you got? That's another toss-up game. Um, that that one really is. I think they finished with the same exact record. The game's in Atlanta because of a tiebreaker. So just yeah, so I think know. I think you gotta go with the Hawks just because you know Trey's gonna slow the game down. He's gonna make it a. Um, he's, I, I, I don't even know if he'll necessarily slow the game down, but more he'll definitely make a possession by possession battle. Because you know he's he he likes to dictate the pace uh, with his heliocentric ball, and I don't know if the Hornets have the defenders to be able to to stop that um, a type of attack from Atlanta. I think Atlanta will have enough length 
to throw and bother LaMelo, to bother Bridges. I mean, if the Hornets get up and down, though, you know, it's not going to matter. The Atlanta's not going to defend that. But uh, I, th- I, think it, I think it depends on the pace of the game. I think if the Hornets make this an up-and-down game, I, I definitely could see the Hornets coming out. I think I think Trey Young will make a possession-by-possession game. He's been in t- these type of do-or-die environments. So I think he'll be able to dictate the pace of the game and be able to come out with a win for Atlanta. Right. This is a weird one for me because I, I think I've told you this before. I dug deep into – the Hornets, they literally will beat anybody in the league and lose lose to anybody in the league. Anybody, yeah, that's so it, depends, it, it depends on their like, pace. That's yeah, how they play. Like really. that, that that is the biggest Jekyll and Hyde team in the NBA. It literally depends which team is gonna show up. So that's all like that's which Hornets team shows up. The good version will beat Atlanta. The bad version, Atlanta will dub them. So it depends. I'm definitely gonna tune in. Uh LaMelo and Trey is going to be must-see TV in a do-or-die situation. I think it's going to be big fun, and I'm going to go with big baller brand, baby. I'm going to go with BB Triple Bs. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with um, the Hornets just because I think they have a lot more offense independent of their guy. You know, Bridges, Rozier, um, just have, and, uh, you know, P.J. Washington, guys like that, they can just – they can contribute – a little more than, than Trey will. But Trey, like you said, is just a maestro in terms of controlling the basketball game. I think, you know, Luca, Trey, LeBron, those guys just know how to control the tempo of a basketball game. So I think, you know, that will be on full display in, 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 that, in that situation. Trey's going to take full control. Um, this last game was interesting because both star players are nursing injuries. DeJounte still clearly dealing with the effects of whatever sickness he had. It wasn't COVID. He was really sick. I think he lost a bunch of weight. He tweeted. Um, he missed five games, came back today, played 32 minutes, was five of 15, finished with 17, seven and one, but clearly was not himself trying to get something under his weight. They have, do have three days off, so we'll see. Ingram has not played in a while, tweaked his hamstring a while ago, tried to come back, still dealing with ill effects of that. We don't know. Uh, but on paper, I, I think the – with the star, even with the stars, with the stars hindered uh, for the Pelicans, this is why you traded for CJ McCollum. For this is what you we want to make a push for the playoffs. We're tired of just the we're building stage. Um, CJ's got to get you on the other end. You know what Pop stands for in a, in a one game off. They did lose last year to Memphis, so we'll see. But I just think New Orleans has a has a, has better talent, you know, um, on, on their team. And the games in New Orleans is going to be a madhouse there too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's for me. That's pretty much it. Um, New Orleans has more talent. Dahante uh, is going to be compromised, and uh, it's just going to come down to CJ and Bi. It's just too much scoring, too much offense. Herb Jones is going to do what Herb Jones does, and they're just going to overwhelm the the Spurs over the course of the game. Uh, that's just what it's going to come down to. That I think that's a win for them. And I think they're going to, they're going to, uh, that game between them and the Clippers, because that's why I anticipate it's going to be really good. Um, but I think at least against the Spurs, I got the Pelicans. I got the Pelicans comfortably. That's what I got. Okay. You got the Pelicans comfortably, huh? Yep. I don't know, man. Those Spurs games were, for some reason, Pop has them, has them in the chokehold. It's always a struggle, except for that one blowout. Pop has them in the, in the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this was our award show Wednesday. We are doing our playoff preview live on Green Room. That should be fun. Right after that second playing game is done, we'll preview the one and done games, and then 
Each, we'll do our own bracket. We'll go through it. We'll take a little bit of feedback. After you can yell at us, holler at us about who you think our, our NBA champion is going to be. Uh, that should be fun. Make sure you follow us, Kingsborough on Twitter. Myself, JJ Maples 55 underscore MST. Uh, follow the pod, subscribe, like it. We appreciate all support. Numbers are booming on the pod, man. That's lovely. We thank yes, you, sir. thank you, thank you. Cannot cannot express how appreciative we are uh, to have you guys tapping in every week and giving us feedback and really being, you know, interacting with us about this little thing we started, man. So we love that. Uh, you guys be safe, and we will see you Wednesday live. Yes, sir. Peace, y'all.